0: If you've ever hunted close to tall grass in fields, or whatever, and say you're walking to your stand or whatever, and you wouldn't believe how you can use optics where you can see through the grass to see a deer that may be staged in an area under a scrape or in a food plot. You can actually look through that grass and see through the grass if it's thin enough and see the deer and stay in the grass and slip closer to that animal to make the shot. So that's one good tactic. Of optics. Another thing is you can identify, if you're, you're doe hunting, you can actually use the binoculars to identify a button buck from a doe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: if you're wanting to grow more big bucks on your property, you don't want to be shooting your button bucks.
2: Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn. Wise Eye
3: presents.
0: Welcome to American Roots Outdoors, Alex Rutledge via phone from my home office. In the studio, Redbone Mike Crace, and we've got another great episode lined up for y'all. We're going to be talking about preparation for upcoming seasons. Archer season comes up here in Missouri on September 15th. And we got the youth season coming up in the end of October. And we just want to share some of our strategies, our tactics that we do to attract deer and also to prepare for the upcoming season.
3: Absolutely. And Alex, I want to I touch on a couple of things before we get started with all that uh, here in the first segment of the show. One of them is an event that's going on right there in your hometown this weekend and that is the 13th annual Birch Tree Loggers Day. What a great event. Oh, it
0: is, Redbone. They've been doing it for many years and as you know, Shannon County of Birch Tree, Missouri, Wynonna, eminent Somersville, Uh, All these towns are well known for being a logging town, Mm -hmm. logging county, and this day will have all kinds of exhibitions going on. There will be all kinds of booths set up, and you can come there and watch people try their skills to be the fastest at sawing through a tie or uh, log tosses. Mm-hmm. All kinds of events. It's a special event, and there'll be a lot of people in Birch Street coming this Saturday. Also, I want to make mention, anybody that loves the smallmouth fish, the Current River Smallmouth Association is having their annual Van Buren September smallmouth tournament this coming Saturday. At 7 o'clock launch, 5 o'clock weigh-in, two people, two-person boat, five fish limit. Your boat must have an aerator and live well, and they all must work. Your boat must be able to pass water patrol inspection. This is a nonprofit organization. It is the current River Smallmouth Association Club. If you'd like to try to fish or come and fish with it, you don't have to be a member, just bring your boat, make sure you can meet all the rules and regulations, and you guys can fish and try your skills of winning one of the tournaments.
3: Ah, very good. And is the fishing good right now? I know on the lakes the fishing right now is just outstanding. How is it in the rivers?
0: It is very good. I took my nephew Sawyer uh, this past uh, Sunday, and I also took him Monday for a few hours. Sawyer's eight years old, and he boated I think seven or eight keepers, and we went and in, put into spring, went down river. We're catching most of our fish on down baits, soft baits, uh, tube baits, worm, uh, jig, etc is what we cut most of our fish on. But we didn't have anything over a pound and a half. But uh, the day before, we with a friend, Craig Stoker, who works for New Gerena, uh, a chemical company out of uh, south- southeast Missouri, and he caught a 2.2 2. Wow. smallmouth. He caught it on the worm. And uh, that was the biggest fish we caught in the two days we fished. But we caught lots of fish. If you want to get on the rivers and catch some fish, now's a great time.
3: Yeah, and same way with the lakes. I mean, they're, they're still talking about all the fish are up relatively shallow for this time of the year, Alex. They're all above 35 feet. Uh, I got a friend of mine I had lunch with actually today. Uh, he and his wife went uh, on Saturday, and they limited out on stripers in four hours.
0: That is amazing. I also hear they're catching a lot of crappie right now yeah. over there like They sure are. A yeah, lot a, of people's heads there. And, uh, you know, fishing's still in our blood. We're going to fish pump up into November, I'm sure most of us that uh, live here in the Ozarks. And again, the lake fishing's excellent. The river fishing's excellent. Uh, the walleye bite is is pretty good right now on the lower end of current river. I got a friend down there that showed me a picture. They caught their limit and keep a walleye uh, last week, and they caught them all throwing. So. Walla bites good, smallmouth bites good, the Kentuckies are biting good on the lower end and largemouth. Uh, if you love the fish, you need to get on the river. But also, if you're an archery hunter, archery season opens up here September 15th. You need to have those food plots planted. Uh, you got plenty of time to get them still in the ground before the end of October. You just won't get as much growth on them before the cool, cold first frost comes. Uh, I've got plenty of eagle seeds still left over in the trailer. I have sold over 3,000 pounds red bone on oh, wow. Eagle Seeds for so far in, in my region.
3: Well, that's really good, and, and I want to mention that because you shared an article earlier uh, this week uh, on Facebook uh, about the uh, army worms and, and the facts, and I didn't read the entire article, but I, I think the gist of the article was don't get your food plots out too early or you risk getting it destroyed by army worms. And really, in our part of the world, Late September is really the ideal time. Well, I think, you know,
0: I always plant mine at the end of uh, August. Mm -hmm. And one time that I can remember is that I got a hit. Right. One One time. And that being said, it wiped all of my food plots out. And it is a good tip. And the article is a great article. Mm -hmm. But uh, most of the food plots that I plant, again, at the end of the month, anywhere up to the third weekend or last weekend of September. So the army worms usually don't hit that late here in the Midwest, in the Ozarks.
3: Right, and, and that's kind of the whole point of the article, I think. And, and and I bring that up because a lot of people, and I talked to somebody the other day, and, and I was trying to uh, get them to call you to give them some uh, smorgasbord. But they said, ah, oh, no, it's too late for putting out food plots. And
1: no, it it's ain't. not.
3: It's not too late and now, three weeks from now, we might be saying, hey, it's a little late for your food plots now, but right now is kind of the prime time.
0: Oh, it is. And usually the first loss we get is usually going to be around the second week of October, if you think
3: yeah. about it. Yeah. So
0: you'll have two weeks of growth right there, but if you go and get it in between now and the middle of October, you could have a month growth. So, yeah.
3: And, yeah. of course, use your Nutriplot uh, products and uh you might even get more than- enhance it. <laughs> enhance yeah. it, enhance it and keep yeah. the deer out. You know, I had a phone call, Alex. I know we'll talk about this more as, as the show goes yeah. on. We just got about a minute here. But I had a phone call today from a gentleman who is a member of the Tri-County Cattlemen's Association in North Arkansas. And he wanted the uh, contact information for Nutriplot. And he's going to try and get those guys down to talk at their next Cattlemen's Association meeting because he thinks that's something that the uh, cattlemen might want to use uh, you know, not only in food plotting, but in their hay fields and things like that.
0: Oh, it is. We actually met with some uh, well-known farmers here in the Birch Tree area that has uh, four thousand acres, mm-hmm. and they looked at this, and their eyes went to bug, and they said, "Oh man, we can use this. For this is this has enough content in it, mm-hmm. ingredients to enhance our growth. We we want to use, try and use this if it works. It'll save us a lot of money instead of buying the the pelletized." Uh-huh, fertilizer so yep. hey, it's something to
3: look at yeah it really is and Nutriplot.com if you want to get more information Nutri-plot. folks all right uh, it's time yep. for us to take a break we're back more american roots outdoors radio with alex rutledge and his friends coming up in just a moment
0: this is brenda valentine and you're listening to american roots outdoors with alex rutledge and friends
2: on some love. I've been on a big for a while I load him in the back Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day?
3: I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move.
2: Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. Wise now- eye technologies.com
3: and how do i find out more information about these guys
2: you go to wise i'm using them you should too make your hunt easier use wise eye
0: hornady presents welcome back to american roots segment two of the show we have talked about current events in our area here in Birch Tree, Missouri in the Midwest and you know, right now we got archer season coming up, we got gigging season for those of you that may listen to this across the world. Gigging season is a tradition that we all do here in the Ozarks and it's done with a John boat with gigging lights, rails, and gigs. We actually gig fish on the bottom of the river. Mm-hmm. We dig yellow suckers, hog suckers, drum. Uh, you do not dig bass or any, any game fish like that.
3: Right, just non game fish.
0: Right. Yeah. Say it again.
3: Yeah, just the non game fish, not the game fish.
0: Non game fish, yeah. So, what we do, is we pull into the bank, we'll scale our fish, and what we do with it, we take a uh, something flat to scrape all the scales off the fish, and then we'll fillet the fish. Then we'll score them from the, the meat part to the hide within an eighth of an inch, real fine, all the way to the skin. Then we roll them in cornmeal and salt and pepper, and we deep-fry them with fried taters and onions. You talk about delicious.
3: Absolutely.
0: Deli- yeah. yeah. So that's a big tradition. But that people's getting ready for that. They're getting their boats ready, getting their lights ready. Uh, i believe i heard overheard in a study they done they flew an airplane on all the current river and i believe it's 80 some miles long and length and there was over a thousand boats on the river one night when they they took the inventory <laughs> it's pretty big dip on 85 miles
3: yeah and that, and one thing I need to mention there too if for people who may not know you do that at night yes Yeah, you do that. i said
0: we geek and you last, yeah. But you're right. It's good to reiterate that. Yeah, but that's a big tradition. But also you've got archery season coming up. For those that love the, the early season bow seasons, I want to share some strategies with you and techniques that will really work. And one of those is food plots. We've touched on that on several of our shows, trying to prepare people for the upcoming season. Uh, whether you help with a bow or a crossbow, uh, you're allowed to take one buck, uh, one doe, depending on what county you live in, et cetera, and uh some of your bucks right now red bone are still in velvet I've got bucks coming up in my yard a two and a half year old that's still in velvet so some people may have the chance to harvest a uh velvet buck that's coming
3: yeah which really is quite a prize especially if you can get a you know get a big buck still in velvet have, have you ever killed a deer in velvet you know what I never
0: have red bone i never have i, I never Yep. You know, I've never really had uh, i guess an urge or a want
1: mm-hmm. to
0: shoot one velvet, never have. I love hunting deer in the rut. I love hunting them any time, but I hate the seed ticks during this early season. <laughs> I, I just don't like dealing with them, and I don't hunt my deer in the areas that I, I hunt until, you know, the pre-rut, when they start scraping and the first freezes come in and the weather's cool, the 30s and 40s, and that's what I look forward to. You all can hear my roosters and stuff crowing in the background because I am on my front porch now. I left my office and the chickens run around the yard. The roosters are trying to chase the hens around. That is my scenery right now as I speak to you. (laughs) So I am a true hillbilly from southern missouri
3: as you're hearing and you uh, you talk about not hunting deer in the hot weather i'm I'm right there with you it just doesn't seem right it doesn't feel right you know if you're not lacing on your insulated boots and putting on your coveralls wearing your gloves you know and you know getting a nice warm hat it just doesn't seem like you're going deer hunting
0: yeah, we're not here on, on the show telling you not to go hunt. Oh, early. absolutely See? not. No, Every, no, no, I'm no. We just, I just choose not to. Now, if I if i had a big buck found that was really something that I wanted to shoot, I would be hunting early. I'm just not seeing anything that I want to shoot right now, and I don't really get excited until I start finding the scrapes and rubs and my wise eye cameras start showing me bigger deer, and I'm just not seeing them. So. That, that's uh, where I'm at in this, this time of the season. So that being said, I want to say this to everybody that, that's getting ready for the archery season. You need to know your equipment, whether you're shooting a bow or a crossbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monty's Outdoors has got some of the greatest archery setups that you can get over. they got the missions. They've got the Matthews bows. they got the crossbows. You want to go over there and have somebody that actually knows archery. Like Bo Bertrand over there, that guy can set you up and have you shooting like a professional in no time.
3: Yeah, and I think that's very important, Alex, and a, and a point, an important point to make that that you know whether you're going to go get you a, a new bow or and they sell used bows as well. And a lot of people just go to like one of the big box stores where there's nobody to help them yeah. and just pick something yeah. off the shelf and and go. Now, you really need to go to a bow shop where there's an expert that can help you get the right fit because that bow needs to fit your body.
0: That's correct. And and a great point you have shared. And and I commend you for that. Bo Bertrand is a true professional. And he's not. I watched a girl walk in. I was in her yesterday visiting Monty Outdoors. And I I got him hooked up with Wise Eye. Monty's looking at carrying Wise Eyes in his store, everybody. Cool. So, you know. And uh, I watched a girl come in, and it's a beautiful Matthews bow. And uh, she said, hey, I'm thinking about selling this bow. Could you tell me what it's worth? And bow was straight up honest with her. And he said, I think this bow is worth this X amount of money. And I thought, wow, this guy's really fair and honest, which I knew that anyway. Mm -hmm. And the girl, I asked her, I said, why do you want to sell?" Oh, it don't fit me. She said, my boyfriend says it doesn't fit me. I said, if you don't care. Bow when I bow, said, do you care to draw the bow back? She draws it back, and it hits right beside her nose like it should. I said, that bow's not too short for you or too long for you. Oh, what? She said, I said, no, it fits you pretty good. I said, now, sit down in the chair like you're hunting from a chair, and I want you to draw the bow back again. She drew the bow back again. And she touched it of her nose. It fit her perfect. And bow would give her a price that he would give for the bow. He said, that bow fits you. I don't need to buy this bow for you. You don't hmm. need a new bow. So that goes to show how honest Bo Bertram is, that broken bow.
3: Well, did the girl ever say why her boyfriend, whoever it was, told her the bow didn't fit her? Yeah, he
0: thought it was too long for her. Hmm. The jaw length was too long, he thought. She needs to get a shorter bow. I- I'm sorry, too short. He needed to get her a longer bow. Okay. And that's not You thought it had to anchor it back behind your jaw. That's not true. The, the true anchor point is at the end of your nose. Right. When you draw your bow comfortably, sitting in a sitting prone position, and it touches the end of your nose, and you've got your arm extended or bowed a little bit, you're perfect. What happens is when you got your bow arm fully extended, shooting a bow, that's when your arm, forearm gets bent a lot of times. And yep. you want your bow bent, your elbow bent just a little bit.
3: Right, and of course, now it's time to be practicing with those bows, and, and Alex, I think we will you know, we need to talk about that a little bit. Uh, right now, though, we need to go to a break. We'll be back with a more American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends right after this.
0: Hi, everybody. This is Jessica White with Wonder Woman Kansas. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Big old hill, year after year, come Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rose. And, friends, I am on the phone, sitting on my front porch. You're liable to hear roosters crowing, turkeys yelping, whatever. And I uh, just want to tell you, we're talking about preparation for upcoming season, whether it was gigging, archery season, talking about bows, crossbows. It's also important to have good optics. And right On Optics is American-made product made right here in America. They have a lifetime guarantee. They make all kinds of scopes, all kinds of binoculars at different price levels. And we just want to encourage you to go to their website and check out their products. I've been affiliated with Ride-On Optics for two or three years now. Jeremiah Alexander is a good personal friend. And did you know, Redbone, I think we've mentioned it several times, and I know you do, that Ride-On Optics holds the world title for the longest rifle shot with a rifle in their optics,
3: yes, they do, two, and has two, probably the miles. yeah, and probably have the best guarantee on their optics of of any optic company out there anywhere in the world. Because if if it breaks, you just send it back and they send you a new one.
0: Yeah, you can run over it in your truck exactly, and yeah, you just pay for the shipping, and they'll take care of you, give you a new scope, new binoculars, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's important to have good optics. Why I want to say that is that if you've ever hunted close to tall grass in fields, or whatever, and say you're walking to your stand or whatever, and you wouldn't believe how you can use optics where you can see through the grass to see a deer that may be staged in an area under a scrape or in a food plot. You can actually look through that grass and see through the grass if it's thin enough and see the deer and stay in the grass and slip closer to that animal to make the shot. So that's one good tactic of optics. Another thing is you can identify, if you're, you're doe hunting, you can actually use the binoculars to identify a button buck from a doe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you're wanting to grow more big bucks on your property, you don't want to be shooting your button bucks. You want to let them walk. So yeah. it's good to also use binoculars over a scope to scope something. The scope is used to make the shot. Binoculars are used to to glass and look and observe.
1: Yeah, and I can't.
0: A, how many seen people? I just cringe using their rifle. I see somebody or something walking up, point the rifle that way, look through the scope. <laughs> you don't want to do that. No, that's a no.
3: No, should use those optics. And, and 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 another point, Alex. How many times have you been hunting in your career over a uh, like a sage grass field, and yeah. all of a sudden you look up and over there about 150 yards, walking out of the field is a is a buck. And, you yeah. Know, how did he get way over there? Well, those yeah. bucks can get through that sage grass, and you can't see them. Uh, but if you have got good, good optics, you know, there's a better chance you're going to see that buck walking across that field.
0: Exactly. So I always carry binoculars in every situation. Uh, what I want to talk about now is preparing your locations where you, hunt, whether you're hunting a food plot or a water source. White oak acorn flats. And by the way, Redbone, I want to make mention to all of our listeners, I am not seeing any acorns on my white oak trees or my red oaks in my yard. And I've got some trees that's over 100 years old. I don't know about other people, but I'd like to hear the feedback from people what they're seeing in northern Arkansas, all across the country, as far as an acorn crop. I'm concerned about our mass crop this coming fall.
3: Mm. Yeah, that's not good.
0: That's not good. But anyway, what I want to say is preparation to to a watering hole. You go in, you got your stands hung. You always want to hang stands with somebody with you, safety. And when you go hang stands, you want to wear a safety harness. You want to have a lifeline. Uh, There's a new tree stand company coming to the outdoor industry. They've been out there for about three or four years now, but they're really getting ready to be visible. There's a lot of major chain stores going to carry them. They're called True North Tree Stands. They have one of the safest features of any tree stand I've ever seen. They have a female, uh, uh, do you call a strap, with a female adapter that you strap to the tree. You put your sticks up to the tree. You get up there. You strap it to the tree. Ratchet it down. It's a receiver, female receiver, and you slide the back of the stand, which is a, a collar, a male piece, slides down into it, and it's automatically in position. Then all you got to do is take your straps to the bottom of the stand and ration it tight. And the top of the stand, ration it tight. And you can't not get it to move hardly at all. We, We took a stand and put 700 pounds on it trying to make the stand break or give, doing tests on it about three or four years ago. It's one of the safest stands out there. as a lock-on stand. They, True North will make lock-on stands. They will make ground blinds. They will make ladder stands. I encourage everybody to go to the website. Check them out, www.truenorthtreestands.com. You're going to see more about them.
3: Yeah, and really they are just an amazing product. And, and that uh, hanging system, I mean, that takes a lot of the risk. Uh, when you go to hang a tree stand out of it, or a lot of the danger, I guess I should say. And because sometimes, it, you know, it can be it can be dangerous hanging those, uh, especially the lock on stands. Yeah. So um, I, I want to yeah, go ahead, Alex. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, I was just going to say, you know, we, we mentioned earlier, now it's time to be practicing shooting. And, uh, you know, my philosophy on that is if you're going to practice, you practice the way you're going to hunt. And uh, I I was taught that way a long time ago, and and that was from where the boots you're going to wear when you're hunting, where the jackets you're going to wear when you're hunting, where the hat you're going to wear when you're hunting, uh, when you're practicing, and if you can, even get elevated. I mean, you got an extra stand, hang it in your yard, and shoot your targets from an elevated surface. I mean, that really is important to simulate the fact that you're in the woods and you're on a hunt when you're practicing.
0: You know, actually, the bow hunters and crossbow hunters should have been shooting uh, before now. Right. Uh, there is, that's why I want to touch on our next segment coming up on the show. Uh, everybody's going to be rifle hunting, need to get the rifles out, start shooting a month in advance, mm-hmm. especially the kids, to get them ready to build their confidence and have confidence in their equipment. But... Uh, you can go start shooting now, but the more you shoot, the better you're going to be, the more success you will have. Uh, I always tell people, you know, the more you shoot that equipment, the more you become connected to it you feel a part of it. And what I do when I'm shooting my bow is uh, my bow sighted anywhere from zero to 55 yards. And when I start shooting, I may start out 20 yards. I know it's dialed in, and after I get it 20 yards, I'll shoot 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55. I'm not telling everybody to shoot 55 yards because we want you to make an ethical shot. We want you shooting 30 yards and less, whatever you feel comfortable, but preferably 30 yards and less. That being said, once I've got my bow dialed in and I'm shooting, I'm comfortable, every morning I get up before bow season, about a month, before I start hunting, I will shoot 55 yards. 20
1: arrows.
0: Think about this. It's 55 yards. The target's smaller. It's going to make you concentrate better at 55. So if you make that 55-yard shot and you're hitting consistently in a skull can, say the the circumference of a three-inch circle, two-inch circle, it's going to make your other shots easier. So it's mentally preparing you and physically preparing your muscles and your form for upcoming shots that may occur While you're hunting.
3: Yeah, it's going to give you that confidence that you can make that shot. And that is a large part of making a good shot is the confidence to get it done.
0: If you shoot 20 yards constantly, what does it mentally do to you? Oh, I've got lots of confidence at 20. Mm -hmm. But if you go to shoot at 55, 60 yards, 50 yards, and you're consistently hitting a two-inch, three-inch circle, what does that do to you for the shorter shots?
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you've got that confidence all the way through the cycle.
0: That's just like somebody practicing with a baseball. Uh, if you're trying to, to become more accurate with a baseball, the more you practice at different yardages, the more proficient more successful you'll be at your target.
3: Absolutely. All right, and uh, we're going to continue with our discussion. Alex Rutledge and the American Roots Outdoors radio show. We'll be back right after this.
0: Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Tiffin, and you're listening to my old buddy, Alex Rutledge, with American Roots Outdoors.
2: Around your heart, so you never gotta worry hey, what the wind might do. American Roots. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. How many of you needed an attorney? If you're like me, sometimes you do. I go to Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office, Willow Springs, Missouri no case is too big or too small you can call zane at 417-469-3535 zane brevet at the brevet law office this is alex rutledge and he is my attorney
0: Welcome back to America Roots Outdoor, the final segment of the radio show. Again, I'm via phone on my front porch. you the rooster crowing in the background, the turkeys clucking and purring. Yep, I'm country. Proud to be country. <laughs> Proud to live where I live in the beautiful Ozarks, Redbone. I know you are as well. God has truly blessed us with where we live.
3: Well, absolutely. And, you know, early, you know, I didn't grow up here, uh, live, you know, between, Uh, You know, I live in Thayer, and between Thayer and St. Louis, you know, I was back and forth as a young kid, and then uh, my teenage years all spent in St. Louis, so when I got the opportunity to move back to the country, I hightailed it out of there in my 1970s Chevelle, (laughs) loaded up with everything Miss Nina and I owned in a 10-foot trailer, and we headed to the Ozarks and been here ever since.
2: Yep,
0: we have. You know, Wayne Locke moved here uh, a couple of years ago, and Wayne, could not be on the show today. He had a doctor's appointment with one of his foster children, and uh, he couldn't make it today. So he'll be on the next one, hopefully. But uh, Wayne is learning a lot about the Ozarks and the way people live here, and uh, it seems like Wayne's adapting pretty well, Redline. Yeah, Red. he
3: well, he is because he loves it. I mean, he just absolutely yeah. loves it. All right, so Alex uh, mentioned a while ago, you know, time to start shooting those rifles, getting the, the rifles ready for rifle season and uh, getting the kids out there and getting them shooting. So let's talk about that a little bit here.
0: Yeah. What I want to say, and I said it in the last segment of the show, is that any time you practice with something, a weapon, a rifle, handgun, crossbow, bow, uh, the more proficient you're going to be, especially with kids. we got the Missouri youth season coming up here in the Midwest the end of October, and we want to encourage you to get your kids up. Starting too early right now is not too early. Uh-huh. Uh, the more they shoot, and what I like to do, I like to start kids out shooting with a twenty two, just a regular twenty two
1: uh-huh.
0: and a rimfire gun, and it builds their confidence. Even a pellet gun, something to get them started. Then once the deer season gets closer and closer, you can get them to shooting their rifle. And already makes some of the greatest white ammunition out there, and they got different types of bullets, different types of calibers. But we also want to stress to our listeners, when you take a child, you want to build that child's confidence and commend them when they make a good shot. If they make a bad shot, you don't want to ridicule them and, and browbeat them. You want to lift them up and teach them how to shoot and be a more proficient shot. And all that goes back to form. It also goes about trigger pull, how you pull the trigger, uh, type of optics you're using. Uh, you Also, when you're shooting, these kids shooting, you want to wear eye protection and hearing protection. We need to teach these kids safety. And once we teach kids the proper things, the proper ways to shoot and safety, they will be more successful again.
3: Yeah, and Alex, what about the families out there where maybe they're, you know, the kids want to hunt and they want to learn to shoot, but mom and dad uh, don't. I mean, you know, those kids, you know, they they need to have that opportunity, too. And and there are places they can go to get that help.
0: Yeah, they can. They can go to any Facebook forum pages, groups. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can contact their local conservation agents. They can also contact you and me or Wayne or any American Roots Outdoors team member. And if there's a child that wants to hunt, we can try to help them coordinate and organize a hunt with somebody that we know. That would, that would be safe to hunt with and uh, would protect these children and show them a good time. So yeah. our whole uh, point of American Roots is about faith, family, friends, outdoors, constitutional rights. We're very serious about introducing the youth to the outdoors. So if there's any child out there that wants to hunt and your parents don't hunt and you're listening to the show, get a hold of us. We'll help you try to get hooked up with someone that will take that child hunting.
3: Yeah, and I was, and I was referring, and, and, and that's a great point, but I was also just referring to this fact that kids that want to learn how to shoot. Uh, maybe you know, yeah. maybe you know, they're not sure if they want to hunt, but they would certainly like to learn to shoot. And uh, right now, you know, a number of our area high schools have got uh, uh, trap and skeet shooting teams um, in fact, yep. Thayer's got one. They had a co- couple of kids win state championships, and down Highland, Arkansas, Highland, Arkansas has the junior national champion uh, just a couple of weeks ago. A young man. They went to the nationals, and he won uh, two different divisions in the junior division. So. That- you know, and that's just outstanding. But there, there are even those school organizations that your kids can go, get involved in to learn to shoot, whether it be shotguns or, or uh, you know, rifles, and and goes on and on and on. And you can find out more. And you mentioned Missouri Department of Conservation, Arkansas Game and Fish. Uh, you know, good resource to help guide children into the proper places to go. And I know you know a number of the conservation areas uh, have shooting skills classes, and MDCs doing some online stuff too.
0: Yes. we got to commend our schools in northern Arkansas, southern Missouri, and, and any other states that has these curriculars in their schools. They have archery shooting teams. They now have even mm-hmm. fishing team high schools. And we we got to commend these schools and support these schools that do this also. You know, uh, I'm going to make a bold statement here. Some of the kids in the cities, there's kids that want to learn how to fish and hunt and shoot guns, and mm-hmm. it's a shame that in some of the cities they don't provide anything for those kids. But if there's any listeners here and there's kids in the cities that do want to learn, I suggest you go to your local gun shops or shooting ranges and with your parents mm-hmm. and uh, meet the owners of these gun ranges and you know do a background check, of course, of the people that's there and and uh, try to get your kids uh, connected with somebody that would be a great mentor to help that child get introduced to a shooting. So that, that's something that I would recommend. But the, my, my statement is there's some people that live in the cities. They just don't understand why we, we, the Ozarkans uh, all across this country, patriots, uh, love to shoot gun. Well, it's because it was bred in us. It's in our roots. Our ancestors done it, and it's been handed down to us. And for all of our listeners all across the world, we let school out here in southern Missouri, northern Arkansas, for the kids to deer hunt. Yeah. It's, it's our heritage. It's our tradition. Harvesting one of God's creatures and being able to bring it home and clean it and, and uh, process the meat and share it with your neighbors or family or friends, it's just part of the American Roots ritual of the people that live here in the Midwest and all across the country.
3: Yeah, and it's putting food on the table. And, you know, if you're a 14-year-old kid and you put uh, half the freezer full of food for your family, uh, that's a pretty good feeling for that 14-year-old kid.
0: It is, you know. And I remember as a kid growing up, and I'm going to share a quick story. Uh, You know, when we rabbit hunted, we eat every rabbit we shot, every squirrel we shot, Mm -hmm. we eat. You know, and it it saved money in in the, the grocery bills. You know, and it's actually better food than some of this food that you can buy at some of these grocery stores, because some of these grocery stores are treated with antibiotics, etc. So you're eating God's creatures right off the earth that eat the acres of the, the grass, etcetera, in the forest. And it's actually better for you than probably a lot of the
1: stuff you buy over the counter.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. And right, Alex, we're about out of time here for today. Uh, do you want to mind, folks again, if you're you know you're hearing this on uh, Friday afternoon in Ava or on Saturday morning in our other markets, uh, Birch Tree Loggers Day starts at noon, so you still probably got time to get to Birch Tree Logging Competition. There's live music on the square. They're giving away some chainsaws. Uh, they've got a parade, and it's one of the most unique parades you'll ever see. It is a parade of logging equipment. It'll go right down uh-huh. through downtown Birch Tree at 5 o'clock. And then after 5 o'clock, after the parade's over, everybody gathers at the ballpark for fireworks. So get out and support the uh, Logger's Day in Birch Tree. Uh, again, from noon till about 6.
0: I want to make mention of this. Did you know, Redbone, to all of our listeners, there's over 60 sawmills within a 50-mile radius? in Shannon County and Howe County and Oregon County.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd say at least yep. at least. All right, Alex at least. Um, Yeah, time to wrap Yeah, it up. I want to thank everybody thank everybody for listening
0: to American Roots Outdoors and remember, you know, the outdoors is God's given to all of us. It's all we are all the stewards of our of the animals. Mm-hmm. So respect each other. Uh, share the outdoors with a child. Let them experience what you've experienced and teach them to be an outdoorsman or outdoors lady. And uh, just pass on the American roots, your heritage of the great outdoors. And thank you again for listening, and stay tuned for our bonus segment. It's coming up if you're a podcast listener or want every podcast carrier available. We're going to talk about some other secret strategies for preparation for upcoming seasons. Thanks for listening, and
3: remember, when your roots run deep and strong, red bone there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry hey, what the
2: wind might do, American Roots. Thank you
3: for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station.
0: Denali Fishing Rods presents American Roots Outdoors bonus segment. I'm Alex Rutledge on the phone, via phone, from my front porch. Again, you may hear roosters crowing in the background, turkeys yelping, clucking, gobbling. Uh, Again, proud to be from the Ozarks. And in the studio, Redbone Mike Trace, Wayne Locke could not be with us today because he had doctor's appointments for one of his foster children and uh everything is okay it's just a checkup routine but uh, what i want to talk about red bone in this bonus segment is to share some t- tricks tips that i do to help find the deer in the areas i hunt and you do this with trail cameras and Tech.com is our sponsors and the greatest cameras i've ever used to date You'd agree with that, wouldn't you, Redbone?
3: Uh Yeah, yeah. From what I know about them, from what I've seen, uh, yeah. And you know the fact, and, and there are a number of cameras, Alex, that will that will send you pictures to your phone, uh, but not with the clarity and that, that the Wise Eye does. I mean, it's it just they do everything just a little bit better than the competition. They do.
0: They do. There's lots of cameras that do. You're, I agree, but but the, the precision too, and the yeah. timing of the time you receive the photos. There's lots of cameras you may not get photos for two hours. Exactly. If these, if these photos of me, and I'm running a U.S. sailor, I get my photos within a minute, one minute of it taken, sometimes within 15 seconds.
3: Yeah, so, and, and, and all the stuff be, that goes with that. Yeah. I mean, from the yeah. from the time stamp to the temperatures, the wind directions, and I mean, just so much, so much uh, data that those cameras are accumulating for you, and just nobody out there is doing all that stuff.
0: Yeah, well, a lot of them is using the hunt control program, which Wise Eye created this program, and the Monk Brothers, Daryl and Harold, created the Wise Eye cameras for the federal government in capturing hogs because of the federal hog problem. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of companies are paying for the hunt program, which keeps statistics and a algorithm telling you the best times you need to be in that location to harvest that turkey, that deer, that hog, etc., and Wise Eye will be coming out with some other cameras, and you can use these cameras. Of course, uh, they're going to upgrade as they progress. And uh, talking to Harold and Daryl, they are selling every camera that they 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 get in, and they <laughs> manufacture. They're behind on orders. They've become so popular. Did you know that, red Redbone? Uh,
3: I did. I did, actually. All right, so, Alex, when you talk about putting up uh, your, your trail cameras to help you with scouting for your deer, you're going to put that camera uh, near a place where you want to hunt? Uh, you put it in a place where you're just going to find where deer are crossing? I mean, or does that change as the season changes?
0: It changes as the season changes. Uh, Progresses, but if you can create a food source like an eagle seed food plot, smorgasbord like I plant, and I planted some winter garden this year too, which is a annual. It's uh, radishes and turnips, etc., like that. But if you can put those cameras and there's water source there, you've got everything the deer needs. And say we're talking deer hunting, I would set a camera in an area like that. If the acres are dropping. I may take a set a camera in a big white oak acorn plant somewhere where i found a lot of deer tracks, a lot of droppings. That's a good place to set your cameras. Watering holes is another great place. Uh, mineral sites. Uh, some of the counties you're allowed to use minerals. Some you're not here in Missouri. Mm-hmm. So these are areas that, that I target. Also trails. You find heavy trails coming out of a timber going across a field to another location. You can set these cameras up on trails. But that's one of the tricks that I do. I use more than one camera to find my deer and pattern my deer. And with wildlife, what they've done, you don't have to go visit your camera to pull the cottage anymore like you do most cameras. By every time you go in there <clears throat> to pull a cartridge, you're contaminating the area and you're scaring deer. So the less pressure you can put on a place, the better it's going to be for holding a big buck, coming to a food source or watering hole or feeding area, et cetera. So that's one of the other features that I truly love about Wise-Eye
3: Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and so here here's my, my next question. For the guy, maybe they can only afford to have one camera or maybe okay. maybe two. I mean, okay. where, where you're going to put that camera right now to watch your deer okay. herd is different than where you're going to have that camera in November.
1: Well, it could change. Uh,
0: according to what the deer are doing.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: you've got, again, reiterate, if you've got the right food source, like I do, I think I do, with Eagle Seed Smorgasbord, the deer are pounding it right now. I'm, I can tell a difference. You know, I feed the deer in my yard. There's less deer coming to my yard now, and my wise eye has shown me more and more pictures of deer pounding my Eagle Seed Smorgasbord food plots. You want to set them in an area, uh, whether it's a middle site they're close to or a watering hole, where it just has everything that they want to feel comfortable. What you're actually doing by using the Wise-Eye cameras, you're actually creating a sanctuary in the eagle seed food plots, mineral sites, and water. You're creating a sanctuary. You're creating the perfect habitat to hold deer, and that's the secret. So as soon as the deer starts scraping hard, and I find these big active community scrapes, which is the bigger scrapes, and I'm starting to find rubs all in there, I will move my camera strategically, to those locations, especially scrapes that are active. Mm-hmm. So that's how I find most of my big deer once the pre-rut kicks in. How I find my bigger deer in early season right now, again, food sources. Yeah. And you can take it and use mineral salt supplements where it's legal and put them out and set the cameras over these sites, and it'll help you find the deer in the area. Here's another strategy. Mark Twain National Forest, Ozark National City Career Way. You can feed up to 10 days of the season prior to your hunt. The seed feed must be gone. You can go purchase several cameras if it's in your budget. Drive the logging roads, county roads, whatever. You see an area that you think looks deery, and there's ponds, everything there. Go down the ridge, take you some feed, dump you some feed, set you a camera up, wise eye camera preferably. It'll send pictures back to your laptop, your iPhone. And do about four or five of these if you can afford it. This will help you find some of these big bucks during the early phase of the preparation phase, which are in now. The Velvet Shed has started. These deer are still in bachelor groups. They will be busting up and leaving each other here in two or three weeks. You're going to see a change in their movement. They're not going to be buddies like they used to be all summer. So that's how you can find big bucks by using multiple cameras, using for food and traveling county roads, going down the Ridge roads, setting up these cameras. That
3: right, sounds good, Alex. I think uh, we're about out of time here on the uh, bonus segment. We want to thank people for tuning in for the bonus, and don't forget to leave a review, and they get you entered into some of the uh, giveaways that we're doing right now.
0: Yes, and I also want to tell everybody to be sure to go to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutley's Facebook page. We're doing some giveaways over there. Right now, we're asking everybody to go to Neutral plants Facebook page, tell them that ARO sent you and where you're from, you'll be registered to win a quart of neutral plot valued at $25 and a neutral plant coffee cup. Very so cool. We're going to do several of those giveaways. Uh, we thank you again for listening. Remember, share the outdoors with a child. Respect each other as, as hunters, outdoorsmen, and women. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong,
3: there's no reason to fear the wind.
0: Good luck to all the high school footballers Friday night, too. Hope you all play safe and the best to the true champions.